believe I don't tell my wife all the stuff that goes on. Because you get knocked out the boat and stuff like that, and you just swim, swim around until you get back in it. But this gator pulled me out of the boat. I dropped my gun, or it knocked it out my hand, and uh, I fell on top of this big gator. I straddled him. <laughs> and what had happened was they had a big stump there, and you couldn't see it because the metal broke off. But they had the root system. My legs went between the roots, okay? And I pinned, all I had to do was curl my legs back, bend my knees, and I'd lock this gator in. Hmm. And everybody knows I carried that little pistol in my front pocket there. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn. Wazai presents... Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. Alex Rutledge calling via phone from my home in my beautiful front yard. And uh, Redbone's in the studio. Wayne Locke is still under the weather. And I talked to Wayne earlier today via text, and he's getting his blood checked. But he is feeling a little better, but he's still not feeling good enough to be on the show with us. Yeah, I mean, Wayne, I mean, open heart surgery is is, uh, traumatic, and he's had a little bit of a rough go with it. So hopefully he gets to feeling better real soon. Yeah, we all pray for him, and uh, I know he really wants to be here with us. He edits the shows when he's laying there in bed and whatever he's doing. He's walking a little bit, but uh, I think he's getting better. I got something funny to share with you. I got at a fishing trip yesterday morning on the lower end of Current River, not on the Ozark National City Freeway, but on the Current River uh, down at Donovan, and I got up at 4.30 in the morning while yep. I'm going out to get up to my truck and it's still dark and I look at my swimming pool and there's a jack ASS standing at my swimming pool looking at me. <laughs> You're talking about a donkey. <laughs> a donkey. A jack <laughs> ASS looking at me and I'm thought, what in the crap? And my wake, I went to rub my eyes and it's looking at me. Then I looked and it walks out of the left and there's two ponies in my yard just eating away on my clover. Oh boy. At 4.30 in the morning. And guess whose animals they were? Oh, I bet they belong to Wayne Locke. They belong to Wayne Locke. <laughs> <laughs> so I get on my golf cart. I, I wake Linda up and she, I said, Linda, we've got two horses and a donkey, a jack out here. And I go, what? I said, yes, they're out in our yard eating your clover. They may have eaten your clover. What? She gets up, <laughs> runs out here. I get on the golf cart and I run them back over to Wayne's. But uh, that's part of being a hillbilly and being yep. a country person. Sometimes animals get out. They didn't hurt nothing. Well, I got a better uh, story than that. I got a better story than that for you. Uh, this All happened right, th- last Friday morning. You know, I leave my house about 4.15 every morning, and I don't like outdoor lights in my yard, so I don't have one. So I walked up the hill and walked around my truck, and I heard something rustling around just real close to me. Didn't know what it was. Didn't have any inkling what it was. It could have been a coon, possum. <laughs> I didn't know. So I grabbed my truck door, opened it real fast, and jumped in, and about that time, I got sprayed by a skunk. You got sprayed by a skunk? I got sprayed by a skunk. Do you still smell it on you? No. And, and luckily, I just got kind of a glancing blow, uh, but some of it did get inside my truck. And oh my uh, and the jeans I was wearing, Alex, Nina has washed them about six times. We soaked them in tomato juice. 
We've done everything in the world that uh, people are telling us to do, and I've had to just throw my best pair of jeans in the trash and burn them because I could not get oh, that wow. snuck spell out of them. Did but you, yeah, did you try? Did you try white vinegar? Uh, we tried everything in the world, and it just yeah. it just won't take it out. But yes, I got sprayed by a skunk. So now around town, they're not calling me a red bone anymore. They're calling me skunky. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the crazy things that can happen to us in the Ozarks. And yes. That being said, we've got a CRSA, Smallmouth Fishing Tournament, the Current River Smallmouth Association, will be this weekend at Donaldson, Missouri. And the tournament is from 7 o'clock a.m. to 5 o'clock p.m. It's a two-man tournament. You're allowed to weigh in five smallmouth only. You cannot have over six fish in the live well at one time. And your boat must have a live well and an aerator to keep the fish alive. And your boat must also pass water patrol safety rules and regulations. So you must be up to snuff with the rules Mm -hmm. and regulations. And the weigh-in, again, will be at 5 o'clock at Donovan, Missouri, two-man team. You do not have to be a member of the club to fish this. Anybody, two people can come and fish it. And we'd like to invite everybody that may listen to this Friday in the Ava, Springfield area, Rogersville, all that, up in there, Mansfield, Ava, all that. We'd love to invite you to come down and fish with us. All right, very cool. All right, and those tournaments are getting more popular all the time. All right, Alex, uh, just uh, you know, about three minutes left here. I want to mention uh, two things. Number one, any... Uh, any hunters out there that like to hunt in the managed deer hunts in Missouri, they're done by MDC. Uh, remember, July 31st is the deadline for you to apply for those. You can go to mdc.mo.gov uh, forward slash managed hunt, and you can uh, register for the hunts you'd like to register for. And the drawing will be available uh, in uh, August. You'll know by August 15th whether or not you got drawn for one of those. Also, MDC has announced in the last week the five hunters who are going to get the elk hunt in Missouri this fall. They are Michael Duncan of Lesterville, Michael Ellison of Gainesville, Tyson Wall of Iberia, Robert Rothermich of Pomona, and Chris Eirich from Pleasant Hope. And uh, Alex, I believe Michael Duncan is a resident landowner uh, who was drawn. So uh, five more folks are going to get an opportunity to kill a bull elk in Missouri come fall. And, of course, they're going to get to hunt archery or rifle season, whatever they want to do. And uh, that's just pretty exciting for those guys. Yes, it is. And congratulations to the winners. I do know there was some concern about the new rule. just want to point that out, uh, where it made anybody eligible to apply for an elk tag if you had 20 acres or more. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in another show, but I know there was concerns about that because I got some phone calls. Also, we have a great show lined up for everybody, and if you love the South, if you love Cajun food, and you love the lifestyle and the cultures of Louisiana, We've got special guest Bruce Mitchell of Swamp People going to be on the show. But we're going to talk about his American roots. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Watting with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Wishing on some luck. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. 
Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. A big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. presents. Welcome back to America Roots Outdoors. And uh, as I promised, we've got a great show for you. If you love the South, you love Cajun, and you watch the History Channel, other channels you've heard about, the Swamp People. We've got the one and only Bruce Mitchell on the phone right now with us, calling via phone from his home. He just got through doing a guided tour, by the way, Redbone. He does guided tours. People gives them rides in the Swamp Boat, their boat in the swamps. He does that now as a part-time gig. So welcome to the show, Bruce. How you doing, Alex? Y'all doing all right? Been a while. Yes, it has, Bruce. It's been a while, but it's hot up here. I don't know about you down there, but it's hot. And we got insects everywhere trying to carry us away. That's Louisiana all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's Louisiana Bruce, all the time. You know, Bruce, you guys, the Swamp People, has become one of the top shows. And it, it, it's, it's went, it went crazy. Let's that's talk all. about Yeah. For, for a two-hour documentary, it's been going for a while, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what it started out to be, just a two-hour documentary. Yeah, Bruce, yeah, I was... Well, what I want to do here, Bruce, is I want to share with everybody uh, about your life, you know, where you was born. Let's talk about that instantly right here. Where was Bruce Mitchell born? Pontchartula, Louisiana, just right up the road. Yep, now, now tell everybody where Pontchartula is in reference to New Orleans. Well, you go all the way to nowhere, and then you go five more miles, and you're in Pontchartula. <laughs> now, it's uh, 45 miles north of New Orleans. 45 miles north of New Orleans. Now, you live close to Hammond. and is there Yeah, I live in Hammond now. We For years, we had a Hammond address and Pontchartula phone. And uh, oh, boy, me and the wife were talking one day. And said, no, neither one of us had used the phone in five years. So we just cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> you got power of the world, huh? Yeah. Well, we we just uh, we just never here. We try to be on the road and gone and here and there and everywhere. Yeah. So you're, you're born in Pontchartula, and I, as I'm talking, you hear my turkeys and my chicken in the background. I'm out here in my yard and Redbone Studio recording. Uh, born there. Where did you go to school, and did you play any sports in school? No, I hunted and fished. Uh, I, I never grew up watching sports. We had uh, three TV stations, and they were all fuzzy. We had an old black and white TV. I just never was interested in sports. I was always the one out in the woods, hunting, fishing, camping, doing stuff like that. I never was a TV person. Actually, I still don't watch TV. I just don't watch it. Got three television shows and don't watch TV. You don't care about it. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know if you knew this, but we had uh, the Swamp People show. The, 
the alligator show. Then we got the snake show mm-hmm. uh-huh. on History Channel. And now I got a new uh, streaming TV uh, channel on Blackstone have a cooking show. Wow. Wow. That's good. Though. We stay busy. That's good. So all the listeners can go follow you there and watch you and keep up with you there. Yeah, there or they can help me up, look me up on Facebook, and um, oh, you know I'd like I, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook and YouTube actually. Uh-huh. So Bruce, my question oh, was. Yeah, I know, I know you were approached, I was reading your bio a little bit earlier, and it talked about the fact that you were approached to do this, like you mentioned, a two-hour documentary, and, and the documentary was supposed to be about the lifestyle or the gator hunting. I didn't read that part, but which was it? Just the, uh, it, it, was, the, it was kind of supposed to be both of it, but I noticed with it, you know, for years we've done any kind of filming that was done in Louisiana was done with our alligators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had an alligator farm. My wife, I married into an alligator farm. Oh, wow. And uh, she married an alligator and turtle farm. So for years, any famine went on in Louisiana with alligators had to be done here. So that's how they come to us. Plus, like I say, it was supposed to be a two-hour documentary. But about the second, about a week and a half into it, I noticed things changing. <laughs> uh, better cameras, better camera people, more equipment, better equipment. So I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know what. I never dreamed it would be this. Yeah, it really is crazy. And what a great cast of characters they put together. I mean, uh, you know, you and and Troy and his family, I mean, and your family and, and all the other guys. I mean, it, it really is a bunch of people that just kind of mesh together and and. You know, people feel like they know you. They feel like they're part of the family, I guess, when they watch the show. Yeah, that's, that, that is real, the good thing about it. You know, me and my wife travel all over. I, I see Alex at a lot of these shows and stuff. And uh, we walk around, and people just walk right up to us. Or we'd be at a restaurant, somebody pull up a chair, you know. They feel like they know you <laughs> that, that close, you know. And uh, it, it's funny how it works. And no matter where you go, people know you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I broke down in Alabama one time, had a flat tire, didn't even need to take out the jack. Uh, they had like two lot of people pulled on the side of the road. They just about <laughs> just about picked up the camper and just changed the tire that way. We had so many people around us. <laughs> wow. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Alex, you know, this really is a phenomenon, uh, what these guys started. And, and golly, what year was it when y'all started? I don't know. What year swamp people started, man? Oh nine. Oh nine. My wife said oh nine. All right, so you're you're. So it's, I mean, been a, it's been. A, yeah, about twelve years now. That's okay. a, that's a long run for anybody. Yeah, and you know I've talked to producers and stuff like that, and uh, there's a, we had a hundred and sixty-eight hundred of Yeah, and uh, they said this is one of them shows that will never quit. It just, even though we quit doing it, it's going to keep on going because people love to watch it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still get called. You know, my old hound dog, Tyler, he died, I think, eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. And Tyler was a big, pretty big part of the show. He was a big part of the show. Oh, yeah. My dog. And uh, he died eight years ago. But we still getting, you know, with Netflix and all these other places that, that coming on TV now, people are starting to see the swamp people for the first time. So we get calls all the time 
Uh, we're so sorry to hear about your dog. Uh, can we do something? You know, and they don't realize that was eight years ago. Yeah, well, the you show, know? yeah, and, and Alex, I think you recognize this, haven't been in TV for a long time. They filmed the, the show where it would be timeless because there really is no time reference as far as when this exactly is going on. Yeah. And, and, and that was kind of the genius yeah. of the whole thing to make it last for a long, long time. And uh, that's just great. And, it, and the ratings and all are still real good on it. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. Know, so uh, we got a real good following. And some of us brand stuff like uh, I brand stuff. I do a lot of Facebook stuff and and uh, YouTube stuff, and it's just led to a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, you know? and we'll yeah, and we'll talk about some of that as we go on here. Right now, we need to take a break, Alex. We'll be back with more with Bruce Mitchell okay. from Swamp People on the American Roots Outdoors Radio Show with Alex Rutledge and his friends. Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors segment three of the show. And again, we've got Bruce Mitchell, Swamp People here. Bruce Mitchell has become a household name. And you know what I really like about Bruce Redbone is those overhauls and that headband. He <laughs> stays down the earth. And, you know, and we talked in the last segment, people feel like they know him. And that, that's what's so cool about Bruce. And he doesn't shun nobody. And I'm the same way. I shun nobody, Bruce. You know me. And yeah, and, and you've become a household name because the lifestyle that you live and you grew up in, born in Pochettino, grew up down in Louisiana, uh, catching alligators, shrimping, crawfish, and all this. And None at all. It's intriguing to, to our listeners and our viewers because they think yeah. it's so cool, you know, and these people never eat a crawfish, and once they do, most of them really like them, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. They like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. let me tell you a little story, Alex. I was uh, the second year of Swamp People. They flew us out to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. I think it was Liberty Overall. Okay. Yep. And we we was doing some work with Liberty Overalls. We got out there on the plane, flying over there. Had this little boy who was at the airport, kind of smiling, looking at me. I said, "Well, he doesn't recognize him, you know." And um, I motioned for him to come over there. Well, he comes over to me, and I talked to him, shook his hand, and I said, "You want to take a couple pictures?" So his mom come over and took some pictures. And I had my little carry-on bag, so I had a couple pictures in there and a do rag. I signed a couple pictures, signed the do-rag for the little boy, gave it to him. He was all the time. Okay, we went on about our business. And about six or seven months later, I get a, a private message on my Facebook. The little boy passed away. He died. Oh, no. Oh, man. And his mama was thanking me because he was going to Dallas-Fort Worth to get chemo. And uh, she said that's the only time he'd been up there got chemo. Didn't even realize he had it because he was showing all his pictures and his hat and all that, you know. And from that minute on, I said, I will never turn down a picture or an autograph because you never know what it means to somebody. That's you right. Know? That's right. It's just the way you are. You know, I've known you for several years now. And, and uh, you and I also have mutual friends there in Hammond. And, you know, we yeah. lost friend you and i did wayne hagan turkey hunter driver 
met in my life, and he always talked about you, Bruce. He did. Yeah, he, he, Wayne lived right here behind me, not too far. And, uh, yeah, we, we lost a good one, and, and just never thought he would go out that way, you know. Um, uh, I, I just, just hate to see it, you know. He was a big, big person around this area, you know, big hunter, love hunting. Um, he just done a lot of good stuff. He helped a lot of families, didn't he? Yes, well, people don't realize that, you know. You you hear this and that, but, you know, when you're around a little small community like this, you cut, you hear there's a lot of good stuff comes out of it, too. You know, he yeah. helped a lot of people. Yeah, he never yeah. talked to me, you know, about helping anybody, and I know he would give people money that was down yep. on the buck or help them get a business started or something. It's just a way yep. Wayne was, and uh, what a great friend, but. That being said, you know, uh, we miss Wayne, and Peggy will probably listen to this show, and Peggy, we're going to dedicate this show to Wayne because of yep. our friendship with Bruce and I, you know. Actually, I seen you one time I was down there with Wayne. Remember that? Went down and see yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, Louisiana, back to Louisiana, back to your lifestyle. Now, we're talking with you. <laughs> How old were you when you started catching crawfish? Let's talk about that. Oh, Did Lord, crawfish. Like, I, I can remember going to catch crawfish out the ditch when I was four and five years old. We'd take a piece of sneak in the house, get a piece of bacon, tie it on the string, okay, and fish it out the ditch. And then we'd build a fire. And sometimes we could even sneak salt out the house. We would boil crawfish in a tin can and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that you know that's us kids. And see, I started camping out in the woods when I was six and seven years old by myself. Oh, you and, uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I never was scared of nothing. I don't know why, except except my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> What do you think of that, Red Bull? Well, I, I think that's a pretty good thing to say, seeing as how she's right there standing close by, I would imagine. So, uh, so you went from crawfish. Well, I was, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I, I just going to say, so you went from crawfish, then you, did you, I mean, when did you graduate to alligators? I mean, that's what we all want to know. When did you graduate to killing gators? Well, I got pictures of me and my grandpa with gators. See, when I was little, it was, it was legal to hunt gators. Hmm. And my grandpa hunted gators for a living, you know, that's what he did. He hunted and trapped and fish. And my grandpa Abear. And I kind of took off after that guy. And then I waited until I was like 13 years old when I met my, I mean, my wife was 13, I was 15 when we met. And her daddy had the, actually, first legal alligator farm in Louisiana. And, uh, I got, I got messed up or well, hooked up with her and, Later on, we got married. Yeah. She said she don't think that's funny, but yeah, her daddy hit it. We hit it off real good. We worked together for for thirty something years, and uh, and he got sick, you know. But uh, but no, that and, and I've always flew with gators and stuff. Even you know, and then they shut the season down. I think it was in sixty something, sixty seven, sixty eight, and. Uh, uh, oh, well, you had some big gators in after that. And then they, once they opened the season back up, that's when it got crazy with all the fishing and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's it's about to go out now because there's just no money in it. 
sad. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, they raise so many farm getters now. Uh, raising 650,000 of farm getters a year. And, uh, and that's pretty much what's c- controlling the price, you know? And, uh, you take where me and my wife, we used to, you know, cool the gears and, and skin them and all that. We would make 30 to $35,000 in 15, 20 days, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was a good chunk of money, you know? That, that'd help us through the, through the years. And, uh, the last time I pitched that big piece of land I got, we made $2,100. Wow. So that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. You know? and, and do you think, it, why, why is that? I mean, is it because of the popularity? I mean, was the flark, did the market get flooded? Or, I mean, it goes, no, seems like. It's just, uh, they've, been, they've, they've been working up to it for years like that, just raising more and more and more and more. And everybody get in, getting into it. Anytime something's good, everybody wants to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then that's what happens. You get too many people in. You can't cut a pie but so many times, and then you can't taste it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and the wildlife and fisheries actually want to open a season down here to let anybody that wants to come down here buy a tag back. But the problem they having is they can only do that on their land. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex, if you come down here and you buy a tag and you just go out, you don't know where you're going, you don't know where wildlife fisheries lands at. You go over there on my land, catch my gator. Okay, uh, I didn't want that gator shot. I could take you to court and say, hey, he shot my gator, and that thing's worth $20,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going for example, you know. Mm-hmm. And the judge is going to fall in my favor. If he don't, you don't have such thing as a deer lease no more. Because if you could come home on my land, I could go home on your land. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the problem they're having with gators. And see, people like me, and the other ones that, that fish for a living, we're catching two to three hundred gators a year. We're not fishing no more because we're doing that to make money. Yeah. And the problem is, you got you got your, you know small deer leeches that 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 got land. They might get thirty or forty tags. Okay, they're catching theirs, but they might have ten or fifteen, twenty members. You know, they go out and catch the gators and and uh and dress them and all that, and they're mainly doing it for the meat. But the big ones are not catching. The big people like me catching two and three hundred gators. I used to catch three hundred something gators. That's over the last four years. I haven't fished that land. But you're looking at over a thousand gators that that haven't been touched. You know, that's what they had. Wow. So it, it's going to be a problem coming up. Hey Bruce, you know, things are changing as we in everything in, in America right now. We're going to take a break. Oh yeah. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of Bruce's most memorable gator hunts, and he'll share a funny story with us. Maybe tell us a joke, a Boudreaux joke or something when we come back. Don't go away. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors right here, right now. We'll be right back with more right after this. Around your heart So you never gotta worry What the wind might do American Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417 469 
800-345-3535. Zane Brevet at the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. The Dolly Rods presents. Welcome back to American Roots, the final segment of our radio talk show. Again, we have Bruce Mitchell of Swamp People here on the phone with us via phone from Hammond, Louisiana. Uh, he shared with us about how the ever-changing uh, alligator tactics of hunting and trapping, etc., has changed down there. And, uh, it, you know, as told Bruce before we went to the break, that we see a lot of things changing now in America. And uh, I know, Bruce, where your heart and your, your soul's at, you're a true patriot, aren't you, Bruce? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely that. Well, it, it changed so much down here with the hunting, fishing, trapping, and everything. You know, we don't have a trapping no more. And that's how we used to make a living. Nobody could make a living off the land like we used to. That's <laughs> over with. You know, we used to trap and hunt. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd make money trapping. And then next thing you know, we'd go into the frog season. We'd catch frogs. We'd sell that. Then we'd catch catfish. Sell that. Catch shrimp. You just can't make no money at none of that no more. So tell everybody what you're doing now, Bruce. You, you uh, well, guided tours, aren't you, down there? Yeah, I, I guide tours. It's just little small tours. It's, it, I don't want to do big ones. Uh, I don't want to load 40 people on a bon- pontoon boat and holler yeah. at them over at a hospital. I want to take people in the swamp, take them around, around three or four people, where we can ask questions, talk, and I can show them different things and stuff like that, how you live off the land, uh, what kind of mushrooms you can eat, what kind of fish you can catch, and stuff like that. And uh, I want to be more personal with people, something like that. But I, I don't want to have 40 people on the pontoon boat, you know. That's the kind of tools I want to give. And plus, we got our alligator and turtle farm back open, and it's an educational tour now. Because yeah. we used to raise over a million turtles a year for export, China, Japan, France, England, all over the world. And same with, huh? Again, it should take a breath. But we used to, uh, we used to raise turtles and send, sell them all over the world and alligators. We raise anywhere from five to eight thousand gators a year, but there's no money in that now. So we yeah. kind of doing educational tours and, and cooking shows and just, just doing different things like that. We have a museum in the, in the gift shop and, uh, uh, it, you know, life changes and you got to change with it. Right, you know, you got to adapt, and that's what it's about. Tell us, tell all of our listeners right now what your address is, and if they are interested in booking a tour with you, and they're down there in your area, or they want to come to that area, can you help them make motel arrangements, etc., for this tour? No, 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 we don't do the motels and stuff. But you just email me at brucealligatorman at gmail dot com, and uh. We will hook you up. A private message me on Facebook. Yeah. My wife should correct me. But, 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 but it, 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 I was right. It all, <laughs> say, say it, babe. Say I was right. She ain't going to say it. <laughs> not going to admit it, is she? <laughs> well, tell us real quick here, before, before we end the show here, we just got three or four minutes left here. Tell us uh-huh. about Give us a Boudreaux joke real quick. Okay. 
Oh, let me think. Okay, Boudreaux and Thibodeau went to the beach. Okay. <laughs> Miss Janet's laughing all this. <laughs> uh, Boudreaux had all the women hanging around, and he couldn't figure out, you know, Thibodeau would say, what's going on, you know? And finally, next week, he, he, uh, he would come ask him, he said, man, how do you have all them women hanging around you? He said, well, get you a potato, a big old potato, and put it in your, in your Speedo. He said, okay. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said, oh, okay, man, I think I got it. So he went to the beach, and uh, nothing happened. Boy, every, all women, everybody was running from him. So he come back, he said, good job. He said, it ain't work for me. He said, he Thibodeau said, well, show me what you did, man. And then he said, no, 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 Thibodeau, put it in the front, not the back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. So, uh, uh, Bruce, if you would, real quick, we just got a couple of minutes here. Most memorable gator hunt you were ever on, or or the closest you ever got to to just really yeah, getting killed. Yeah, getting, <laughs> well, getting eaten by a gator. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually on the show and uh, and I got jerked out the boat. Okay, oh. on top of a big gator. Oh, about a nine foot. Gator, and and uh, I think it was second year. I think it was the second year of the show. I got jerked out. Now I've been jerked out the boat many times before, but I never had a camera on me, you know. <laughs> and and uh, cause I, once I leave, I don't tell my wife all the stuff that goes on. Cause you get knocked out the boat and stuff like that, and you just swim, swim around till you get back in it. But this gator pulled me out of the boat. I dropped my gun, or it knocked it out my hand, and uh. I fell on top of this big gator. I straddled him. <laughs> and what had happened was they had a big stump there. And you couldn't see it because the middle broke off. But they had the root system. My legs went between the roots. Okay. And I pinned, all I had to do was curl my legs back, bend my knees, and I'd lock this gator in. Hmm. And everybody knows I carried that little pistol in my front pocket there. Mm-hmm. I grabbed that pistol and held that gator's head down and shot him. And uh, he was trying to bite me and all that, and that—that's what saved me. Actually, the good Lord put a swamp, put a stump under that water for me to fall through, and that—that's uh, that's what saved my life right there. I almost got eight, and that—that that was on film. They got that on film. Wow! So that was pretty neat. But uh, I've had a lot of close calls, you know. Anytime you do stuff like this, you know, any kind of. Yeah, Alex, you never had that harp happen when you were turkey hunting, have you? Oh, I've had some things happen. But we can't talk about that right now. But... <laughs> All right, everybody, this concludes the radio part of the show. we got a bonus segment. And to listen to the bonus segment, you got to go listen to our podcast. You go to any podcaster and listen to Alex Rutledge and Prince. And what we're going to talk about with Bruce on this part of the bonus segment is he's going to share some more stories with us, but maybe even some recipes mm. and how to book a trip with him. We thank you for listening to our show. Bruce, Janet, thank you for being on the show. And uh, you guys was no great. problem. No problem, bro. Anytime you need anything, you know, just give me a holler. Yep. Same way here. And remember everybody go to the podcast, the bonus segment. You're going to learn about recipes and there's some Boudreaux jokes. Thank you for listening, and remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. 
So you never gotta worry What the wind might do American Roots Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Wise Eye presents American Roots Outdoors bonus segment. If you're listening to this, it's obvious that you have picked us up on one of the podcast careers. And again, this is the bonus segment with Mr. Bruce Mitchell of Swamp People and his beautiful wife, Janet, that keeps him straight and out of trouble. So, Bruce. She tried. She tried real hard. She got a, she got a full-time job. Well, she talked to me before I talked to you today, so, you know, she told me to say good things about her. Yeah, yeah. She checks everybody out before she lets me through with them or talk to them. And uh, she, I did a show with Keith Warren. You know Keith Warren. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, uh, I did a show with Keith Warren one time, and Keith said, you know what? He said, I've been checked by the FBI. He said, they didn't ask as many questions as your wife did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so she, oh, yeah. she takes care of me. Well, she's going to make sure that PETA doesn't attack you. You know, yeah, definitely, definitely. The liberal yeah, left out that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they don't have much with that around here. Yeah. Well, you live in a good community. In the same way, where yeah. I like Ozarks, Redbone, and I, we yeah. here. It's it's Bible Belt. We're all conservatives. Ninety nine point nine percent of us, and we stand for the flag. And let's talk yep, about. Indeed. Give us another Boudreaux joke, real quick. Anything. I think, you know, if I could think of one, let's see. My brain's about shot. I've been down in the sun all day. Give us a recipe. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite recipes for cooking um, this etouffee? Etouffee? Uh, it depends what kind of etouffee I'm cooking. Yeah. You, you can't say crawfish. <laughs> like crawfish. <laughs> I start out with two, I start with two sticks of butter okay. and about a cup of, cup of flour. Okay. I put my onions and stuff, get all that going good. And then um, you put you season it up with some good, real good seasoning. And uh, then then you uh, put your shrimp in it. And uh, and you serve it over rice. And it's good. I make good ATKs, all kinds of stuff like this. i got cookbooks, actually. Um, me and my wife done wrote two cookbooks. And... Um, yeah, uh, we we sell them online. You look them up online. But we we do sell, and we do a lot of cooking. I don't know if you. Uh, we do a lot of Facebook cooking. Every day we cook for different stuff. You know, out, out there we we just put on a little show and cook, and try to teach people how to cook like jambalaya and atfays and stuff like that. You know. Well, when you come up to hunt with me, will you promise to cook us some Cajun stuff? And you can oh, jam- definitely. Yeah, and we'll have you here this fall to do a deer hunt with me. Oh, that sounds real good. Yeah, you said bring them in. Yeah, yeah. No, we we love to cook. We just love it. Uh, We love to cook and eat. That's how we were raised. That's you know, when you get loose down, we got to feed you. It's just part of the deal. We got to feed you. Mm -hmm. You know, if we we don't feed you, something's wrong. That's right. That's the way we are here in southern Missouri, aren't we, Redbone? Absolutely. And, uh, well, all over south Missouri and north Arkansas. Uh, yeah, if you don't eat, you haven't really had a good yeah. visit. 
Yeah, I used to buy a lot of turtles right there in Arkansas and, and a few in Missouri right there. Uh, I used to go, uh, what is that, uh, Boyseville. Y'all ever heard of that? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to buy a lot of turtles out there in Boyseville. And uh, where you have to go in that, what's that, Kennett, Missouri? Oh, yeah, yeah over in Boot Hill, yeah. Yeah, I go over there in Kennett and then take the road back up there and uh, I hang a light so much, I can't even remember which way I went. But I bought a lot of turtles out that area. We have a lot yeah. of listeners over in the Kennett area that listen to our talk. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, here before we got two or three minutes left, let's talk about your tours that you're doing and, and give us a, about a minute. Give us about a minute of what they can expect. Then tell us how well, they can book a trip with you. Okay, well, you can go to uh, Man at gmail.com and uh, and uh, look us up. And, what? Oh, BruceAlligatorMan.com is the webpage. And uh, just look on that, and, and you can book a tour. My daughter will hook it all up. But I take you all right through the through the rivers and swamps and stuff down here, and I explain different things to you about 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 the cutting the trees and uh yeah yeah we we talk about cutting the trees and uh just different the sawmills and stuff down here. You know, all of our trees, all of our big huge cypress trees went to Chicago right after the big great fire, and uh and we talk about all that and. Well, you hunt it down here with Mr. Wayne in that swamp down there, duck hunt. Yep. And that's all, that was all cut out and all them big trees were sold to Chicago after the Great Fire. Yeah. Well, you know, Shelby's uh, still down there around. He's still alive, ain't he? Yeah, I seen him all ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Down there, Wayne took me over to visit him and meet him and we pulled up. Oh. Fine, I'm dying. He shot the side of his house. His dog was. Oh, yeah, yeah. He took his gun and shot the side of his house and hollered and said, "Shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bullet hit the house, Redbone. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, real. Yeah, the people around here always say, "Shelby got two brains." <laughs> one about what about the size of a BB in the oven's real small. And listen, this Bruce. Listen, this Bruce. He had a clubhouse on top of a big pine tree about 60 foot up, and he pulled himself up with a rope to get in it. You oh, remember yeah. that? Yeah. And he, how old is he? Six years old? Yeah, he's a little older than me. I turned 61 yesterday. And Shelby's a little old. My grandpa used to tell Shelby, he said, Shelby's thing. He said, I don't know where you've been, don't know where you're going, but you got to get the hell away from around here. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, Shelby would tear up a, a steel ball bearing with a feather. He's yeah. just destructive. He's just, uh, uh he's, he's funny. He's, he's, uh, right now he's digging a canal. Okay. Let me tell you something about you. He's digging a canal through the woods there. Nobody knows what he's doing. He don't start digging till dark. And he'll dig till daylight and then he shuts it down. So there ain't a bit of telling what he's doing. And you know we just lost the old Governor Edwards uh, the yeah. other day. Yeah. Well, Governor Edwards signed this paper with Shelby. 
I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what's on it. But the wildlife and fishery, see, Shelby goes on this on the uh, management area and pulls these logs off, and he drives that big old swamp buggy all through that swamp there mm-hmm. and pulls them logs and stuff. And what happens is they the wildlife fishery try to take him to court with it. Well, he walk up there to the judge, hand him that paper. The judge opens it up, reads it, and says, case dismissed. Wow. So I, I don't know what he got. <laughs> I don't know what he got. <laughs> Sounds to me like he's got something uh, on somebody. He does, yeah. But, you know, that's what I'm, I'm wondering now. Since that old governor died the other day, Governor Edward Edwards, I'm wondering if uh, if things are going to change now hmm. with Shelby. But, but Shelby, I've seen he does good stuff and bad stuff. I, I've, I've seen that man take... Thirty thousand dollars out of his pocket, sold a bunch of logs, and some kid be sick or something like that, and they collect the money, and he give it all to them. Wow! And, and then maybe that next day he might steal their truck or their gas, but you know <laughs> he he got a good and a bad heart. You know I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we got people like that up here in the Ozarks, don't we, Red Bone? Uh, we do. Only, the, and, uh, only they're like three quarters bad and just a fourth good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had a uh, man. I met I met this man in Boardsville. He uh, made his own money, printed his own money. <laughs> okay, and uh, you know, listen to what he now listen to what he did. He only printed one dollar bill and fives and tens. Okay, he went undetected for forty years doing that. Wow! Nobody ever suspected. Did, didn't live high on the hog or nothing. Just just made enough to get by. Pay his light bills and insurance and stuff. <laughs> just enough to get by. <laughs> and he got sick. He got sick and got cancer, and he turned himself in. <laughs> he, made the, he turned himself in. They put him in jail. And then the state had to put pay for his medicines and stuff. <laughs> so uh, he was actually a pretty smart man, I think. You know? uh, <laughs> since in the three years, he went and yep. got free health care and he cured his cancer, and then he got back out and started making money again. <laughs> yeah, yep. well, all right, they kind of watched him after that, I think. <laughs> Probably I did. Uh, great story. show, Redbone. Yeah, and Alex, it is time for us to, uh, I think we're going to have to to shut it down here. As good a time as we're having it, it's come to an end. Yes, it is. Right. One, more time, one more time, Bruce, give us uh, your email address where people can email you and how they can follow you and, and watch your cooking shows, all that. Let's talk about that before we wrap it up real quick. All right, just go to BruceTheAlligatorMan.com. That's my email. Yeah, that's my website. Bruce the Alligator Man at gmail dot com is a what you call it email, and and you can private message me on Facebook or whatever. You know, we got a big following on Facebook. I like my Facebook. You know that. I just, and I bring people with me on Facebook. Whatever I'm doing, if me and my wife we just go jug lining or catching catfish or skinning this and that. And that's why I say uh, Facebook is kind of cutting us on a lot of stuff. So they don't want us to show us skin and fish and stuff. So I, I go to YouTube, and I do a lot of stuff on YouTube. But Facebook got on to me a while ago, for I mean, a while back, for putting live animals in boiling water. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, 
I don't know. You know, somebody turned me in. That's crazy. You know, we bought in Crawford, too. We've been doing that all our lives. They, they kind of rephrased it on us, you know, putting live animals on the show with you guys. I want to do a show yeah. with you guys sometime. Okay. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks for being on the show, and everybody, be sure to support All right, Dallas. Yeah. What's that? I said, go ahead. You said something. No. I said, all right, Alex, I appreciate everything you and Redbone. And y'all all listen to the, what we're going to have, a, a podcast here? Yes, this is this podcast part of the show. And, uh, okay, cool. Listen, can you send me something? Can we do a drawing? We, we pick a winner that help, that gives us a writing on our show, and we'll pick a winner. Okay. And you got something to send us that we can give away to a winner? Sure, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, you just say email us when we need to do it, and we'll, okay. we'll send you something. There you go. Thank you, everybody. Bruce Mitchell, Swamp People, and his beautiful wife, Janet, that keeps him straight. And Redbone and I are ready to show up. And again, thank you for listening. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. That's-